Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you make your transformation last with shows about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's show is an interview I did with a dear friend and the OG alpha hippie, Angelo Sisko. Angelo and I chatted a good deal about his own stories around masculinity and what he's been exploring with his Alpha Hippie Masculine Mastery program. But just because I'm throwing out words like masculine and alpha, that doesn't mean this is a show just for men. There are masculine and feminine aspects to all of us, women and men alike. Angelo and I discussed his personal story about how masculinity was modeled for him as a child and what it's taken for him to move from aggressive and closed off to channeling his anger and aggression for good. We discuss what it is to be an alpha hippie, as well as Angelo's lessons around physical and mental mastery. Before we get into the show, I just realized that iTunes is different in different countries and want to give a shout out to Sasha Rob, I Am The Boz, and GRGTHJCB for leaving five-star reviews of the show on the Australian iTunes. Sasha said, great listening and very well delivered. So much awesome info. I really enjoy these podcasts and wish they could be longer. Well, Sacha, good news is that last week's show with Ryan Fisher was about five times longer than usual, and I will be starting a YouTube interview series on our channel at beyondmacros.com slash YouTube that will also have longer episodes. At the moment, I have a few videos on YouTube about how to calculate and count macros, and I've recently set up a production studio in my office and kitchen so that I can start creating more instructional videos that aren't shot on my iPhone. The first video interview with Ryan Fisher will release next week, at which point I plan to be on a regular video publishing schedule. So check it out, and please subscribe to the channel if you want to watch how I make meal prep and meal planning easy, if you want to learn more about calculating and counting macros, and for you coaches out there, I will have videos about how to create a VIP experience for your clients that doesn't burn you out in the process. Again, you can easily find the YouTube channel at beyondmacros.com slash YouTube. The quality of video and audio will be at least 10 times better than what is currently up there because I actually invested in professional equipment as part of my regular publishing commitment. So now let's get into today's episode with Angelo Sisko. Angelo is the owner of a very successful CrossFit gym, O'Hare CrossFit in Chicago. He also mentors other gym owners and recently has started hosting his own podcast, The Alpha Hippie Podcast. You will learn more about the Alpha Hippie concept soon. But first, Angelo shares the story of his upbringing and what he thought it meant to be a man until very recently. So I grew up um, in an Italian uh, American neighborhood, very, you could say, very kind of closed minded. I didn't, you know, much more into my adult life that I meet more cultures and more people and appreciate other things. So I just grew up in a, in a small Italian uh, community outside of Chicago. And um, when I was five years old, my, my father was arrested and went to prison for 11 years. Uh, so he was in federal prison all over the country um, from when I was five into 16. And uh, this is really important piece I want to add is, is my father grew up and he was really overweight and he had a lot of insecurities based off that. And uh, when he was young, um, he was bullied 
and he didn't know really know how to respond and he didn't have much of a, much of a support structure at home. Uh, his father worked a lot. His mother wasn't very uh, supportive in this area for him. So he didn't really know what to do. And, uh, you know, he, he grew and he got, he became bigger. He's about six one. He's a, he's a larger frame man. And he realized that he was able to use um, aggression and violence to overcome this, uh, this feeling of insecurity and uh, it happened to him. And the first thing that when it happened to him, just like any, any kind of habit that, that you keep is it got reinforced and he was, he was praised for being aggressive and praised, praised for being violent. And so my dad grew up in, in his, his male man years as believing that, you know, being aggressive and being violent and, and taking what you want was, was how you lived. And that was the best way to be because that was the, the best frame of happiness he's had in his life. And so um, here he has his son, Angelo, and uh, that was a very big part of him for me uh, being that way. I mean, even before he went to prison, um, you know, learning how to fist fight and learning how to use weapons to fight. And like, this may sound like abuse. I mean, and I don't want it to come off that way because the man was just trying to me, trying to teach me some, some better things. He just didn't know how to teach uh, in more of a formal way. And so I grew up believing that you just had to be really aggressive and take what you want. And uh, if you're, you know, if you're whoever's aggressive first and the most is going to win. And so, you know, that was my, my life. And when he went to prison, I was acting out in school. And, and of course, you know, just like many things happen, history repeats itself. I grew up overweight. And, you know, my father was around at least enough to tell me now that this time, if somebody picked on me for being fat or anything, I, I was told to fight them. And so I grew up well, I got to tell you, man, I think every year besides like second grade, I got suspended like for fighting like, and being that way. And uh, I think the only reason I really got to get through school is I did have good grades. So it was kind of an oxymoron. I got all A's and B's, but I was a discipline problem. And I think they just also t- gave me room because they knew that I grew up without a male father figure. And so I got through all of my school, but that was mostly the 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 role model that I had and, and growing up in that close knit neighborhood, you know, my father wasn't there for me, but the men that in my neighborhood and in my life that were praised were people that acted that this way as well. So this is the only way that I knew how to be, um, you know, and now that I look at it now too, it's not only from an aggressive standpoint, just being, a being an emotionally available in all different emotions, except anger. Like that was basically what, you know, most of my father's frustrations came out as instead of being what they really were, maybe a fear or insecurity or, or something like that. And so, you know, there was a lot of parts of this aggressive nature that wound up working more, you know, besides in, in taking things in life, but poorly in relationships and relating to people, because I didn't really have, uh, like I said, the emotional bandwidth that I, that I'm able to have now. And so that's, that's really how I grew up. That was my youth and and being aggressive. And, and this whole thing, this is, my life. This is what I knew the best. Angelo painted a picture for me about what it was like to only be able to express himself through the single emotion of anger as a younger man and a child. So we used to go visit my dad. And if you guys have ever seen or met, if you've seen like any like the prison visit movies, not like in like where there's glass, but you just sit like in a cafeteria basically. And uh, we would we would go once or twice a year because my mother, uh, you know, financially speaking, my mother never worked before my dad went to prison. So she went to work. Her mother moved in with us and took care of my sister and I because we were six and five. And so we would go to these prison visits and like the number one rule for me when I was my hugging my dad is I wasn't allowed to cry in the visiting room because I, we didn't want to give the the guards, uh, we didn't want to make the guards think they got us. And so like, 
you know what I mean? I'm just a seven year old kid just wanting to hang out with his dad, but this is kind of the, not kind of, this was the, the programming and the, the way that I was taught to be. It wasn't until about four years ago that Angelo was able to break out of his programming and open up to an alternative way of living that included things like happiness and connecting with other people emotionally. In fact, when he met our mutual friend and former guest of the show, Mike Bledsoe, Angelo thought kind people like Mike were trying to take advantage of him when really they were trying to connect with him. I wouldn't say that I've had like one direct role model. I think what I've been really fortunate to do is over time is, um, you know, business is is such a, a wonderful thing, I think, uh, to teach you about life lessons and how to be better at things. And so for me, you know, I at first all started off as like, man, I wanted to, to grow my gym more and I wanted to be a better business owner. And I came to find out that like I was the victim or I mean, I was the limiter in all of these things that um, growth and potential. And and so I, I started going to like uh, Mike Bledsoe's Barbell Shrugged Mastermind and started listening to, to podcasts and, and reading more and learning more. And I would meet people that were more successful than me and they were just really kind. And I just it completely flipped the switch for me because I grew up thinking like, if you were just a nice kind guy, people were just taking advantage of you when you were like, you, you, you know, you weren't doing anything with your life. You were just waiting to get preyed on. And, uh, and so it took me like a few meetings like that to meet these people that were successful and they were fun and they were kind and they like really gave a shit about me. And they talked to me, you know, more than just, uh, like the conversations that we used to have, I used to be almost turned off because sometimes, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, if you have people that, that are really used to like surface level conversations or conversations where somebody's just trying to kind of size you up. They don't even have really good conversational style. Like it's almost like one word answers and stuff like that. And that's how it was in the beginning for me. I didn't even realize that people would just be nice to you and not want anything from you just because you're a human. I didn't really, that really didn't register in my brain for a long time and getting more exposed to people like this. And then it made me feel safe enough to realize that I could still be successful. I could still be awesome in this business world and I could be respected and I could be kind and I don't need to shit on anybody to do it. It just blew me away. Despite seeing what was possible, Angelo did experience some fear around changing his modus operandi that up to this point had led to business success. You know, I think when you challenge anyone's reality, especially a successful reality is I was scared. You know, I first thought if I was going to subscribe to this love and kindness and and being good to people life, that it was going to wind up me being broke and a dunce. And that's what I really thought. I almost thought like if you were happy and and content that it was this, like you were done, you didn't have any ambition or you were just standing still. And I had a lot of fears about that. And, um, and that was, was probably the biggest thing is I had some amazing people around me to help me and be a good example of reassuring that that's not the way, that's not the way it has to be. And even though I haven't seen this done before, I could really have it all and have a beautiful life and do good things and do good for the world and be successful. Like it was in all areas, financially, spiritually, relationship wise, like you could really have it all. Cause I, I was under the impression that you succeeded really, really good in business. You barely took care of yourself and your relationships came a distant third. And the thing I love about Angelo's story is that he didn't push his aggressiveness into the shadows after learning that he could be loving, kind, happy, and successful. He just started to use his aggressiveness and anger appropriately. So for me, it's like this, is I think being aggressive, I even think being angry and rageful at times is a very beautiful and wonderful energy source. 
And so for me, I don't think this alpha aggressive, super aggressive side has gone anywhere. I think my tool set, my tools to use it has. This is my, I'm sorry, I just want to share this. If I, this is my best example for people to understand. So from 2010 to 2004, end of 2014, um, I owned, uh, O'Hare CrossFit. It was a, it is a successful gym. It still was. And then I started getting into, uh, this development and growth and, and started learning to handle my anger better and, and redirect it. And this is a constant work for me, but I've grown four businesses in the last three years. Just just not wasting my time and putting it to good use. Initially, Angelo redirected the anger and aggressive energy in himself into self-development. So at first, I, I have to tell you, I was very excited about all of this journey because I just felt like I didn't have anything to blame anymore. It was awesome that, you know, the more I dug deep and the more I uncovered wounds and open wounds and things that, that I've been hiding and, and, and being ashamed of, the more I, I felt better. I really count, I, not that I, I leaned into it just as hard as I would lean into anything in that aggressive nature. So it wound up working really well that I, I was able to take those aggressive lessons and then just put them into me getting better and just not running away from saying, you know, outing myself with the people that I love or, or telling, you know, telling people that I haven't been the best version of myself and, and being that way. It just, you know, cause I was just so happy that I was able to, to keep that aggressive nature into this more openness and loving nature. Yeah, I went all in on this. And and the biggest reason was too, Matt, is, you know, being ultra kind and ultra loving and just really, really open and and uh, giving without ex- expectation and stuff like that is something that is, it's a habit for me, but I've spent more years not being this way than being this way. And so it's something like for me, still to this day, I intentionally think about doing it and want to program myself to be that way. And so I felt like if I was going to learn how to be more loving and kind and open and vulnerable, I got to I got to dive into the deep end with this just so I could really see what it's all about. Changing habits is never like flipping a switch. You can hear the aha moment for Angelo, which was after meeting people who were more successful than him in business, but who were loving, kind and happy. But that doesn't mean the next day he was living a completely different life. What was going on between his ears may have made a 180 degree shift. But as Angelou alluded to, there was a process and practices to living a better life as he defined it. So the first thing that I did was is um, I would share vulnerably with people that I felt really, really safe with. And, and, and just I knew that like your best friend you know, your best friend probably did half the things that you're probably ashamed of or carrying some shame with. But if you open up to them about it, like I felt like it was really safe to do that because it wasn't like I was going to get judged for the incident. It was just more, they were going to understand my point of view. So like the people that I was closest with, I, I would do that. I would just talk to him about my feelings. And, you know, I had a lot of shame about a lot of things in my life, about how I treated women, how I, what my relationship with food was like, um, just how I did things in general. I I carried a lot of shame for it. And, um, you know, I grew up with that like aggressive nature. And what was really crazy for me, man, is every time I acted that way, as soon as I was done acting that way, I used to beat myself up about it. And, and so like, that was like my biggest thing is just getting comfortable saying these things. Cause once you say them and you put them out there, as long as like one person was listening and they don't judge you, there's a place in my heart that just openly gets more forgiveness for myself. That one person not making you think that you're bad 
or making you feel bad, like with any sort of judgment or facial expression is like, for me, such an empowering, forgiving moment. So I did a lot of talking with, with the people that were closest to me. The next big step Angelo told me he took was observing his own mind through meditative practices. I started digging deeper um, into meditation. And just for me, meditation is more about taking time to understand excuse me, what's on autopilot in your brain? Like what are, what are the things that's really running, you know, when you're not really listening or when the world outside of you is too loud. So I would do like Wim Hof breathing or just see the meditations and, and you really take account of how I was treating myself. I think I, I, I used to have such a, a hard nature um, of, of being unforgiving. And I use that as a way to justify me holding people to a higher standard. So because I hold people to a high standard, it's almost like this unforgiving thing. And it wound up being like this cycle that I did on myself that I would just almost be abusing myself. The way Angelo started to overcome this self-forgiveness issue was to change how he acted towards others. The biggest thing for me was treating people how I would want to be treated in my ugliest moments. You know, I had a lot of challenges with with not forgiving people for not doing like their best or not doing like the right thing and all that. And I would hang on to these things for for such a long period of time. And like now I think about it now, it's just what a heavy burden to want to live your life. And so for me, like not not really judging on people and holding them to that place uh, of, of getting better, but not to a place where I could judge them. And that way. If something I was human for one moment and not perfect, somebody would give me the same, the same grace, you know, and that, that was my biggest thing is, is treating people the way I want to be treated. It sounds simple, but you know, if you're really into your ego and you're really selfish, it's really not that easy. These practices, continuing to push himself to learn more about mindfulness and still leaving a healthy place for his alpha mentality is where Angelo came up with a concept of being an alpha hippie. What started as an offhand comment made it onto a shirt and has become a movement. Alpha Hippie started like this is one day I came back. I forgot what retreat I was doing or something in Southern California. And I came back to my gym and, you know, I was just like anybody that was really excited about finding mindfulness. I couldn't stop telling everyone I know about it, you know, and it was like super excited. And so I was telling somebody about it and, uh, and they gave me like a look of judgment. And I said, you know, you don't even understand this. You're not an alpha hippie. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. And, uh, I was like, man, what a great idea. What if I, what if there was a shirt that did it, uh, that had alpha hippie on it? I'd wear that. So people know who I am. And, uh, I, I looked online and I couldn't see anything that I really liked. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it. And so I designed this logo and I was like, man, what was the whole point of only making, you know, printing out one shirt? You know, I should, I should make a hundred of these things and pass them out to everybody I know and people that I think are really cool. And so that's what I did. And I just started handing out shirts uh, to people for free that I felt like identify with being alpha hippies and, and really had the courage to put their neck out there and, and say that they're for love and kindness and not just being, you know, in the shadows behind all this other shit that's happening in our world. And uh, I was like, this is so awesome. And I started handing out shirts and then I was like, man, how can I, spread the word of this, but more importantly, like what would be an amazing way to hold me accountable to being my best self and having these conversations with people that inspire me. And I was like, I'm just going to start a podcast. I'm going to have amazing conversations. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to take that as a, as a challenge and responsibility to be my best self because I have the courage to put myself out there and put a good example out. And so I started the podcast. Uh, we're at 
about 35 episodes in. So we're, we started around May and uh, it's been amazing. I love having these conversations and, and I think we forget how great it is to to put down your phone for an hour and just have an, a conversation with another person and you're the only two people on this earth. I think it's I think it's like a lost art because half of these conversations get good 15 minutes in. So you got to, you got to settle in, you know, and, uh, and the podcast has been able for me to do that and share this message. And, uh, right around the summer of this year, I was having some challenges feeling like I was ready to create something and and do something more. And, um, you know, I, I have my gym and I have a few other businesses inside the fitness world. And I, and I just wanted to think about, you know, what has this been all getting me ready for? Like who I, who am I for real? And, uh, I kept going back to this idea that I'm a teacher to help people be the best versions of themselves. And that, and that's what I really want to do. I don't, you know, if it's, if it doesn't fall under that task, I try to even get it out of my plate right now. Like I don't do anything that doesn't make me feel like I'm being that way. Cause when I'm that way, man, I don't look at my phone. I, I have energy like you wouldn't believe. I feel so special. I feel like I'm, I'm really making a difference in this world. And so I started thinking about, man, well, you know, what's a demographic that I could teach something to that, that really, you know, honestly frustrates me and really makes me feel hard when, when they're not being their best. And it was men. And, and, you know, I took it really to heart with, and I wrote that I was like, man, it really bothers me when men aren't, you know, they don't live an intentional life. I don't even care what you're doing as long as you're choosing it and owning it. It, to me, it's a beautiful life. I mean, obviously don't hurt anyone, of course, but I mean, just that I act of choosing something and living an intentional. And I was like, man, I've had an amazing transformation over these three and a half years. What, what else besides finding your purpose and, and who you really want to be, uh, or as far as like your core values was really important. And I was like, you know, by far the thing that I've taken the most from is, you know, I could have my purpose, man. I could know exactly what I'm on this earth to do. And I could have these principles and values that I live up to. But when I don't, I'm not taking care of myself. That's when I'm less likely to hold myself up to those higher values. And I'm like, well, what are some of the things that I do that helped me be in the best position to, to stay this way because this is all an endurance game. You know, that's to me how I look at this. As Angelo just said, when he's not taking care of himself, that's when he's least likely to be living on purpose and by his values. That's why physical mastery is what Angelo believes to be the first pillar of masculine mastery. The first thing was I wrote physical mastery and I was like, you know, I work out, I take care of my, I pay, I pay attention to what I put in my body. Um, I make sure to, to practice Wim Hof and breathing so I'm in touch with my body and how it's feeling. And also too, I, I believe that practicing self-defense as a, as a man especially, but even females in this world is a, is a necessity. I think uh, preparation is just so important. And so I, I practice jujitsu and I love and I love seeing when men are, are able to feel that confident and assertive if they need to be. I think it's a wonderful way to be. So I was like, man, that's my first pillar of mastery. That's what really helps me get going. And on top of it, too, and I know you could attest to this, anyone that could work out and have a good nutrition plan for a long period of time has the most unbelievable discipline and consistency. Like they learn those two values through there. The next pillar Angelo likes to focus on is mental mastery. For him, he has found a few things to be key in his own life, which he shares with us here. First thing was 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 my schedule, and I'm 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 pretty uh, I'm pretty strict on myself on my schedule, but not I think like most people are. Is I schedule everything? As I schedule work time, I schedule time for myself, and I schedule time uh, for my relationships. And so you know, like before me and you got on this podcast. 
my wife and I have an hour blocked out every Tuesday in the afternoon where we just hang around with each other. There's no phones and it's just like a beautiful present time. And I do that with everything. And so uh, part of the, that to me is like a mental focus. So I know that every time I, I look at my calendar, you know, I have something that I'm, I'm planning for or a time that I'm supposed to be at. It's the exact place that I'm supposed to be at. And I could be 100% present there. Journaling has been one of the most beautiful, most therapeutic things that I've ever picked up. And what I think it really does is it helps you learn how to trust your own tuition. Because at the end of the day, we are all our greatest teachers. And then last but not least is flow states. That's part of the mental the mental part. And the flow states is just really getting for you to know, now that you know how you work the best, what do you need to do to put yourself in the best position possible to do your best work? And so this is this is taken from Stephen Kotler and the Rise of Superman and and Stealing Fire and that and that sort of group of just optimal performance. And so so Matt, for me, for me to do my best work, I do really really well if I drove an hour out of my where I live and found a coffee shop and sat in the corner with headphones and I would do five hours straight of just creative beautiful work that really works well for me. And, and like, you know, that's just me. But what happens is a lot of people try to be like me and start finding out their way because they think I'm quote unquote successful. So like my wife is the complete opposite of me. She's what they call like a hard charger. So she has to do something physical and that helps her get her brain right. So my wife will go do a workout and then go do some work and her mind will be just zoned in. And it doesn't matter where she is. And it's just about finding this about men and, and ourselves. And that's why I put them a part of the course, because I think a lot of us are, are going through life with these stereotypes that this is the way you were in school. And this is why you're this way. And this is why you're that way. And it's just like, no, dude, you're great now. We just need to figure out how your mind works right now. And then we work your life around that instead of the other way, which most people are living. And I think that's why people get migraines. People get frustrated. It's because their mental game and mental life isn't situated for them. I think this last point is worth reiterating. What works for Angelo and what he suggested may not work for you. Ultimately, committing to self-exploration and finding what works for you in all domains of life, physical, mental, relational, emotional, and beyond, is the self-mastery path. Big thanks to Angelo for coming on the show and sharing his story. If his story resonated with you, you can follow at the Alpha Hippie on Instagram, where he not only shares podcast episodes, but he also does videos with in-depth explorations of topics for men, ranging from mental resilience to why your relationships suck. His most recent podcast episode was titled Masculine Mastery. And if you're interested in scrolling way back in the Alpha Hippie podcast feed, you can find episode number seven where I was a guest on the show. And just a reminder that if you want to start getting updates about all the new videos I am creating, make sure to subscribe to the Beyond Macros YouTube channel at beyondmacros.com slash YouTube. You'll not only get great video interviews like this one, but I will be posting tons of videos of me in the kitchen breaking down how to make meal prep easy. And for you coaches, I will be diving deep into what it's like behind the scenes running Beyond Macros and how you can create a VIP client experience without burning yourself out in the process. Thanks so much for listening. And I don't just say this at the end of each show as a formality. Seeing your feedback on iTunes, seeing you share your favorite messages from the show on social media, and having the opportunity to chat with you. 
and also just for the privilege that some of you have joined our coaching programs. That's all the energy that keeps me going. So thanks so much for the inspiration. Please do reach out anytime, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Much love.